Hey there, and thank you for tuning into the King's House podcast. We're a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe church is not something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until a family is there, then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say welcome home as we jump into today's service. excited to be in God's house this morning. Yes, look at your neighbor and say, it's wonderful to see you this morning. It is. It's a great day, guys. Thank you for being here. So blessed, so honored at everything God's doing. Before we dive into the word, I just want to give a little instruction. As the announcement just said, home groups and discipleship classes start this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And I want to challenge you, get involved in something. You remember last week, you're like, Pastor Mark, we're giving you a year. We're going all in. You remember? Actually, nobody said that, but that's what I was trying to get you to say last week. So, man, seriously, plug in somewhere. So the way discipleship classes are working, I just want to make, every, make sure everyone's on the same page. Hearing God's voice is a class that's going to go 14 weeks. Because I think if there's anything that you got to know how to do if you're going to successfully follow Jesus, how in the world are you going to follow a dude if you don't know how to hear him? How is he going to lead you and teach you and guide you if you don't know how to hear him? So one of the most important things. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I don't know if I've ever heard God's voice. I don't know. This is your class, man. 14 weeks, Erica's teaching that class. We're going to watch 20 or 30 minute video. We're going to have discussion. It is great stuff. In the middle of those 14 weeks, we got six weeks of the Bait of Satan, which is life-changing class if you've never taken it. After that, we got six weeks of the Holy Spirit, man. Jesus said, it's better that I leave because I'm sending you someone called the Holy Spirit. If Jesus said that, we need to get to know who this guy is and what his job is, right? Then we're going to do two weeks of Bible basics. So you can get in a home group. You can say, man, I'm going to learn how to hear God's voice. Do that for 14 weeks. Or you can go with me over these next three classes. I promise you. You, man, if you give to do that with all your heart, God's going to move in your life. You're going to grow. You're, I mean, it's, it's great stuff. Amen? So I, I want to challenge you this week, guys. Get on that Church Center app and sign up for some home groups or some discipleship classes. And all God's people said. All right. Hey, let's have a word of prayer before we dive in this morning. God, I love you so much. God, I thank you for this King's House Church, for everyone that's in this room this morning. God, I thank you that you love them, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, God. And I believe that it's not an accident or coincidence that they are here this morning, God. But there is something that you want to speak, God. There is something you want to ignite and awaken in their heart. Holy Spirit, let it be so much more than just me up here on a stage talking. But would you speak through me this morning, Holy Spirit, that your words would be communicated. And not one person would leave this place today the same way they walked in, God, because you are going to do a deep, transformative work in our lives. In the beautiful name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Well, we're on part two of this series called Pursue, Pursue with All Our Hearts. And I want to pick up where we kind of were last week. Last week I showed you how the promises of God throughout the word are, are kind of contingent. Like there's the part that, that God's going to do, and then there's the part that, that you got to do too. And, and we read Jeremiah 29, but I want to read that again. And we're going to read it backwards just like we did last week because I think it really helps you kind of connect the dots a little bit of what is this verse really trying to communicate. So Jeremiah 29, we're going to start in verse 13. It says this. 
You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Look at your neighbor and say, with all your hearts. Listen, guys, this is the whole theme for the king's house this year. God has been good to us. He has been good to this church. Can I get an amen on that? Man, he has. It's been an amazing few years. But everything we do in this church, every outreach, every event, every ministry, every department, wherever you serve, guys, we are not going to halfway do anything. We are doing it with all our hearts. I hope you know this morning that you're not volunteering for Mark. You're not volunteering for the king's house. Whatever we do, we do as unto the Lord who gave his best for us. And if we're going to do something, my God, we're going to do it with all our hearts. Amen. I'm more excited than you are. That's okay. You're going to catch up. We're going to get there. Verse 12. When you seek him with all your heart, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. What an incredible promise. And why do we need to call? And why do we need to pray? And why do we need to seek? Because he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Aren't you happy this morning that God knows you and has a plan and a purpose for your life? Aren't you happy this morning that God is not confused, he's not scared, he's not bewildered, he knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. What an incredible promise from the word of God. And I am fully convinced, King's House. I hope you know by now, man, I am a straight shooter. I am real. I am genuine. I'm authentic. I wouldn't be standing here today if I wasn't fully convinced that the greatest thing you could ever do with your life is the perfect will of God. I, I'm, I'm fully convinced of it. That's why I'm here today. Fully convinced that God has the absolute best for your life. He didn't create you for some boring, mundane existence. He has the best for your life, for your family, for your marriage, for your future. He has the best life and life more abundantly. But there's only one way to find it. There's only one way to access that abundant life, and that is to seek him with all your hearts. Now listen, I want to be successful in life, as I'm sure hopefully all of you do. I don't think anyone woke up this morning like, man, I just want to suck for the next 30 years. Like, no. You want to be successful. I am a winner. I love winning, and I hate losing. Like, I don't know which is worse. Like, do I love to win more or do I just hate to lose that? But, man, there is this competitive fire in me. I just can't find the off switch. Come on, who's with me this morning? I love winning, man. I love it, okay? As a matter of fact, you might be interested to know that I have never lost at anything in my entire 39 years. Not once. It's crazy. Now, listen, I've been behind when I ran out of time. I mean, plenty of times, but I was on my way back. If I just had a little more time, I didn't lose. I just ran out of time. I've never lost at anything in my life, okay? Listen, uh, me and my family, I mean, southeast Oklahoma is where we belong. We are outdoor people. We hunt, we fish, we hike, we kayak. We, I mean, we love the outdoors. But something I've discovered about myself the past few years is I really don't like fishing all that much. I like catching, <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, do you want to go fishing later? Like, well, are we going to just like sit at a pond and look at a line in the water for 10 hours? Or are we going to catch something? I'm all about catching something, right? I don't particularly love hunting. I've discovered about myself, but I really like killing something. Like a bunch. Mark, do you want to spend the next three months of your life in a cold deer sand and not see anything? No, I don't, bro. That's not fun at all, right? I want to kill something. And, and this is my heart for you this morning. As, as we're in this, this series called Pursue, I don't want you to just pursue for the sake of pursuing. Like, man, I'm just pursuing. I'm just spinning those wheels. I'm going, I'm going. Man, I, that's not my heart for you. I don't want you to just pursue so you think you can say you pursued. I want you to pursue so that you can find. Isn't that the point of the pursuit? To find, listen, that's my heart for you. And this, the, the title of the message this morning is Successful Pursuits. This is, what, this is my heart for you today. I want you to be successful in your pursuit of God. I get asked a, a question a lot. People ask me this question, Pastor Mark, how do I find God? I mean, really, how, how do I find him? How do I have a relationship with him? And listen, this is an incredible question to ask. I mean, it, it excites me when people ask that question. I hope that every heart in this room this morning, this is a question that is burning inside of you. How can I find God? That means that you have this hunger. You have this desire, like, I want to find God. I want to know God. I want to experience him. It's a beautiful question. The truth is it can be kind of complex in some ways. I mean, finding God is, is not just like some set in stone method or system. Man, it depends on your personality, like how you're wired. It depends on previous experiences. It depends on your beliefs, the things that you believe are true and aren't true. Complicates the matter. There's all sorts of different avenues and methods that, that may or may not work for you in your pursuit of God. So in one sense of the word, like, man, that's kind of a hard question. But in a whole other sense of the word, it's a very simple question. King's House, if you want to find God, here's what you got to do. Get busy looking. I mean, get, get busy looking. That's the easy answer is to look. I want to help you be successful in your pursuit this morning. I want to give you three very important, helpful tips that I think if you'll grab hold of this, you will be successful in finding Jesus. The truth is, is that it's not good enough just to casually pursue God. Those things aren't the same thing. Although often that's what we find in, in our church world. People seek God when it's mission critical, right? When you're involved in some kind of crisis, baby, everybody's seeking God when it's a crisis, right? I mean, it's like the dude who had a shipwreck in the middle of the ocean and then sharks are circling him. God, I need you. If you'll just get me out of this situation, I'll give you the rest of my life, right? And then a few hours go by and he doesn't get eaten by the sharks and he's getting closer to land. God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll give you the next 10 years of my life. And then he sees land like, oh, my God, I'm going to survive. A shark hasn't bitten my leg off yet. God, if you get me out of here, I'll give you the next year of my life. And then by the time he's walking up out of the shore like, man, Jesus, thank you for the nice swim. Deuces. See ya, right? It's so sad like how when things are most critical, we're pursuing God. Have you ever wondered maybe... How many crises you could avoid, avoid in life if you pursued God before things fell apart? I don't know. That's just a thought this morning, King's House. If the shoe fits, puts it on. If not, that's all right. Send it over. People pursue God when it's comfortable. Man, I encounter that a lot. Comfortable, right? 
Pastor Mark, I want to grow. Man, I want you to challenge me. I want, and, and they're all on board until I maybe say something that doesn't line up with their doctrine or their theology their, or their beliefs. Or, That's not how I was raised. Or, Pastor Mark, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, good. Because if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. That's my job, to make you uncomfortable, to, to give you a little holy kick in the rear sometimes, right? You need to be uncomfortable. People pursue God when it's convenient. As long as it doesn't cost too much. As long as it doesn't require too much of my time, too much of my effort, too much of my money. Just as long as it's comfortable and convenient, then, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm on board, Pastor Mark. I'm ready to pursue God with my whole heart. Truth of the matter, friends, is there is only one way to pursue God. And if you want to pursue God in a way that you actually find him, you have to pursue him passionately. That's the only way that works. Number one, my tip to you this morning is pursue God passionately with all your heart, like your life depends on it, like it's your last day on earth. We approach God like, man, it would be nice if I could find him. you got to throw that mentality out of the window and embrace God. If I don't find you, I'm not going to make it. It's not something that you want. It's something that you have to have. Man, we got to pursue God with some passion this morning. Are you with me? I feel like I'm being more passionate than you are this morning. That's all right. We're going to get there, aren't we, church? That's right. Mark chapter 5, an incredible story. I want you to see this, man. This is what passion looks like. Verse 24 says this. So Jesus went with him. He's talking about a man named Jairus. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. We're not talking a week or two, a couple months, 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Friends, this is exactly what passion looks like. This woman had suffered for year after year after year, had gone to see every doctor that she could find, had spent every amount of money that she could spend, and she is still looking. She's still striving. She's still believing this is what passion looks like. We give up way too easy and way too quick many times. Verse 27, then she heard about Jesus. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Now, this verse seems pretty low-key, like, yeah, man, I mean, she, she went through the crowd, she found Jesus, but you got to understand the context of this verse because what this woman did was so bold, what this woman did was so brave. Do you realize that she was breaking so many rules by being in the crowd that day? Do you know that with an issue of blood, she wasn't supposed to be around people, much less a crowd? Do you know that every person she touched and everything she touched was unclean? Do you know that she could have been ridiculed, humiliated, could have potentially faced like lawful consequences? It was an unbelievable risk to be there that day. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Can I just point out to you this morning, King South, that what man can't do, God can do in an instant. Come on, somebody. Can I just point that out, man? 
That one encounter with Jesus can change and transform everything in your life, which is why it's so vitally important to find him. Don't find a church. Don't find a nice little sermon. Grab a hold of Jesus, somebody. All right, verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Listen, his disciples were so in tune. They respond, Jesus, 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 come on. You're, you're a good kid, Jesus, you really are. But uh, do you see the people crowding against you? His disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? Like, Jesus, probably a bunch of people touched you, man. I mean, come on. There's a crowd of people. But Jesus kept looking around to see who'd done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This is what happens when we find Jesus. This is what happens when passion leads us in pursuit of more of God. The sad reality is for many believers that we are completely satisfied with just being another face in the crowd. That's the truth. Completely satisfied with just being in the proximity of Jesus. Completely satisfied with maybe even, I mean, an occasional bump into the guy. An, an occasional experience with him, you know. I mean, like, I came to church today and you, and you checked that off the list. And by the way, I'm so thankful that you're at church today, really. I mean that. But you came to church today and, man, I came, oh, did, did Pastor Mark make me laugh? Yes, he did. Man, he is the world's best. Thank you. Did Pastor Mark make me cry? Not yet, but he probably will. Check. Did I get a Holy Ghost goosebump during worship? <laughs> yes, I did. Woo! Good church. See you next week, Jesus, or not. I mean, something might come up. Who knows? But thank you, Jesus. We're just completely satisfied with just being in the proximity of Jesus. The truth is the crowd that was around Jesus that day is probably very similar to the crowd that's sitting in the room this morning. Think about it. Jesus is walking with thousands of people smushed in around him. How many of those people needed a miracle? How many of those people needed God to, to revolutionize their life or their marriage or their family? How many of those people were broken? And the answer to all their problems was standing 10 feet away. And yet they were just completely satisfied to, oh, man, there's Jesus. Wow. I'm telling you, King's House, we need some passion up in this place. If you want Jesus to revolutionize your life, your marriage, your family, your future, you got to have some passion. you got to be willing to push through the crowd, to push through fear and circumstances and pain and disappointment. Push through what you're afraid people might think of you. And when you get the opportunity, you got to determine in yourself, I'm not satisfied with just kind of bumping into Jesus occasionally. King's House, God's looking for some people who are willing to grab a hold of him and with the heart of Jacob say, Jesus, I need you to touch me. I need you to change me. I'm not letting go until you do, Jesus. That's what passion looks like, King's House. That's what passion looks like. If you're going to find him, man, you got to pursue him with some passion. If you're going to find Jesus, you got to pursue him with some persistence. I mean some persistence. Can you, can you help me out this morning, King's House? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some verses and I'm going to ask a few questions. And then I'm going to ask you to say, well, don't. You think you can do that? But you got to like passionately, you got to say, well, don't. Okay? Let's practice on the count of three. One, two, three. Well, 
Man, it's perfect. Let's go. You guys are so much better than the 9 o'clock crowd, by the way. Don't tell them I said that. Don't tell them I said that, but it's true. Matthew 15, verse 22. We might do like an 11 and a 1 o'clock service. I don't know, man. Let you guys get copied up a little bit. All right. Matthew 15. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Verse 23, look at this response from our loving, caring, compassionate Savior, Jesus. Thank you. Verse 23 says, Jesus did not answer a word. Wow. Maybe you can relate this morning here in the King's house. Have you ever felt discouraged before in your pursuit? Have you ever asked the question, God, why aren't you responding when I'm calling to you? Have you ever felt disgruntled and have you ever just wanted to quit? Let's try that again. Well, don't. You guys are slow learners. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Well, don't. It's two words. Put them together. Well, don't. Here we go. So, his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away. Look at this. This is wild. For she keeps crying out after us. I mean, this woman is an aggressive little goose. You know what I'm saying? Give me that bread, boy. I mean, she keeps crying out. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. I mean, at this point, I imagine the woman's getting a little disgruntled, right? I mean, she, she came all this way. She found Jesus. He completely ignored her. Now she is just, I mean, she's persistent. She keeps asking, and he's just blowing her off. Maybe we can relate this morning. I mean, I know this isn't the first time some of us have decided, like, man, I'm going to pursue God. Have you ever felt like no matter what you did, you just couldn't get God's attention? That no matter how hard you try, you just couldn't help but feel like I'm being overlooked. Has this ever discouraged you? And have you ever felt like I'm just going to quit? That's so much better. Just don't. Verse 25. The woman came and knelt before him. I mean, humbling herself, kneeling before him. And this is what she says, Lord, help me. This broken, desperate woman now kneeling before him, chasing him all over. She kneels, crying out, Lord, help me. I mean, surely Jesus is going to have enough. Like, tell, what, tell me what you need, sweetheart. This is what you do, Jesus. You heal people. You set people free. It's what you do. This is his response. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Can you imagine being one of the disciples there that day? Awkward. Am I right? I can't imagine somebody in southeast Oklahoma calling some of you women dogs. I really can't think about it, right? Jesus, you said what? Back of my hand's getting a little itchy, son. I'm about to scratch it on your face. Come, I mean, can you imagine? It's not right to give it to the dogs. How in the world... We can relate. Have you ever felt like you're not good enough? Have you ever felt that God's not answering your prayers just because something about him is just mean? 
You're not fully convinced that he has favorites, but you are fully convinced that if he does have favorites, you sure enough ain't one of them. Has this ever broken your heart? Has this ever crushed your spirit? And have you ever felt like, man, I'm just going to quit? No. Don't. Well, how should I respond? The way she did. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Look at this response. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Come on, man. Let me tell you something. When God calls you a dog, King's house, here's what your response needs to be. When he calls you a dog, boy, just get busy and start barking. Grab a hold of him and let him know I'm being serious. God, you can ignore me. God, you can avoid me. God, you can insult me. But I need you to know something, Jesus. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not letting go. I'm holding on to you. You're the only hope. You're the only answer. And no matter what it takes, Jesus, I need you. Persistence, man. And look at what the fruit that that persistence produced. Verse 28. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Man, she passed the test. Listen, your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. If you want to find Jesus, it takes some passion and it takes some persistence, friends. That's what we need. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how in the world did the little snail ever make it onto the ark? How did he get there? One inch at a time. One inch. Come on, man. This is the mindset we have to have. I'm going to grab a hold of that plow. I'm going to reach way down and let the Holy Spirit put some grit in my spirit. Can I tell you being a follower of Jesus ain't for no wussies. It's not, man. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's not for the limp-wristed. It's for some bold, brave people that say, no matter what it costs, I'm following him. I'm following him. I'm following him. I'm following. Persistence, man. <laughs> Scripture says, if you ask, it will be given to you. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. Well, Pastor Mark, I've been knocking. What am I supposed to do? Keep on knocking. I've been asking. It ain't working. What am I supposed to do? You keep on asking. You keep seeking. You keep knocking because you know that he's faithful and he's going to come through for you. It takes passion, man. It takes persistence to find Jesus. I'm almost done. Everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. No more barking, I promise. Number three, it takes passion. It takes persistence. And you have to have this belief. That he wants to be found. I mean, sincerely, you have to have this belief. It changes the way you, you approach him. If you don't have this belief, it feels like you're just chasing your tail. But when you have this deep-seated belief that he wants to be found, man, you pursue with passion, persistence. You pursue on purpose because you know it's just a matter of time. I'm going to find him. I may not see the answers to my prayers today, but the second you start praying is the second God starts working. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not working. It just means my answer hasn't come yet, but it's on its way. It's a, this is the way you have to approach God. Hebrews 11 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, he's what? 
He, he is all that he says he is. I mean, you have to have these non-negotiables settled in your heart. Otherwise, your passion, your persistence, it'll, it'll fade out. But when you have these non-negotiables in your heart that he is all that he says he is, he is good. He is loving. He is faithful. He is just. He is kind, merciful, graceful. Forg he is those things. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This word diligently is exoteo in Greek. It means to crave, to hunger, to investigate. It means to like get busy looking. And when you get busy looking, the reward that you're going to find is him. That's, that's the reward. I'm going to preach about this next week, but he's the reward. This, this is what we're after. When you seek him, you will find him when you seek him with all your heart. You've got to believe that he wants to be found. My grandma just turned 87 last week, and earlier this week she got placed on hospice. She has congestive heart failure, and she's not doing well. And I went to spend some time with her this week, and I mean, she's 87, right? I mean, she's, she's a saint. I, I know where she's going. Not, none of that's a concern. But even though you, you know she's going to heaven and heaven's a wonderful place, like, it's never easy to lose somebody that you love. It's never easy. And I went and saw her and her decline is wild. And we had the same conversations five times in a matter of 10 minutes. I mean, it's obvious that the Lord is calling her home sooner than later. And again, you, you try to prepare yourself for some of those things, but it is what it is. For 39 years, every time I've left that woman's presence, she's not perfect, okay, like at all. But every time I've left her presence, Mark, I love you, and I'm praying for you. Every, for 39 years, we had the same conversation five times. Her mind's going in a hurry. Do you know what she said to me when I left Thursday evening? I love you. I'm not particularly ready to lose that, just to be honest with you. And when God does call her home, like, I'm going to need some of you folks to step on up a little bit. I'm being serious. I'm going to have a massive prayer void in my life. I need some of you to be praying for this pastor. I need it. Pray. One of my favorite memories of her, when she used to babysit me when we were growing up, the game we always played together was hide and seek. She had a large house, lots of places to hide. I'll never forget it. It taught me a beautiful principle, too. She would hide, and, I mean, I'd be running through the house looking, and I'm a dude, so I suck at finding things, right? I can spot a deer from 1,500 yards, but I can't see the box of cereal right in front of my face in the pantry, right? That's what wives are for. Babe, where'd you put the cereal? So, obviously, I can't find her, and I look around the house, and she doesn't let too much time go by, and I hear this little voice saying, I'd run to the other end of the house and still had no clue where she was, but I'd be real still and I would hear, woo-hoo. She would woo-hoo all the way. Till I, it wasn't a game of hide and seek per se. I mean, the point of the game wasn't to see how well a grown woman can hide from a five-year-old. I mean, that, that wasn't the point. I'm going to show this punk. He's never going to find me. 
The point was to be found. And as we pursue God with passion and persistence, you have to understand that the point is not to see how great of a hider God is. The point is to be found. But when you have to pursue, and when it takes some passion, and when it takes some persistence, I think you all know that when you finally find it, it's so much more special. It's so much more meaningful. When you had to search for it, man, some of you need to know with all your heart today that he wants you to find him. I mean, yeah, he, it's difficult to see sometimes, and it might feel like he's hiding. And sometimes he is hiding. But even in, in the midst of his hiding, he's still throwing out to you some woohoos. He's putting people and situations in your way, sermons. It's amazing how God just leads and brings people in and out of your life. He wants you to find him. You have to understand that this morning. If you walk away with anything, know that God wants you to find him. He literally gave his life so that you could find him. Before Jesus came, you couldn't find God. That bridge had been broken. But when Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sins, that bridge was rebuilt. Now we can boldly approach the throne of God because of Jesus' blood and what he did on the cross. He wants you to find him more than anything else. I've had such a blessed 39 years. Unbelievable how God has blessed me. I've traveled the world. I've preached the gospel on five different continents. I've got to see and experience so much more than just the average person. I've seen some of the most beautiful, experienced some of the most beautiful, incredible things that planet Earth has to offer. But can I tell you that all of it fails in comparison to knowing Jesus. Friends, he is the reward. Nothing compares to Jesus. Man, I want you to have a passion in your heart. I gotta find Jesus. He is the answer to every problem, to every situation that you're facing today. It's all the same answer, man. It's Jesus. Pastor Mark, I just, you talk about this passion, I just don't have it. You talk about this persistence, I just don't have what it takes. No, you do, friend. Scripture makes it so simple when he says you don't have because you don't ask. Man, I'm challenging you today, this week. If you don't have a passion to pursue God, you know what you need to do? Ask. If you don't feel like you have the persistence that it takes, man, the grind of the Christian life is just too much for you. Here's a solution for you. Ask. If you truly don't believe that he wants to be found, here's what you got to do. Ask. Just ask. He wants you to find him. He wants you to experience him. Ask for passion. Ask for persistence. Ask for belief that he truly wants to be found. And then, Pastor Mark, how do I find God? You just get busy looking. You get busy looking. Let me pray for you this morning. Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you for what you did on the cross to make a relationship with you even possible. God, we are so undeserving. God, you are so amazing and so incredible. God, I know that more than we want to know you, God, you want us to know you. Your desire for us is so much greater than our desire for you. So, God, I pray for this King's House body that you would put a passion in their hearts to pursue you. That you would give them some grit, some determination. That you would give them the persistence that they have to have in order to push through those dark, hard, difficult days. 
And God, would you put down deep in their heart and their spirit this overwhelming belief that God really does want me to find them. He really does want to have an intimate relationship. And God, as they pursue you, God, I'm asking that you would allow them to find you in ways that they didn't even know possible. God, that you would speak to them, let them experience you, that you would just blow their mind, God, because that's, that's what you're so good at doing. You supersede all our expectations. God, I thank you in the days to come that our walk and relationship with you is going to go to a whole different, deeper, more intimate level. And God, we're going to experience that reward because nothing compares to you, Jesus. Nothing compares to you. God, I thank you for all you're doing, all you've done, and all you're going to continue to do. Would you bless this King's House body? In Jesus' name, everybody said. Hey, as I just miss you this morning, I just want to invite the prayer team to come to the front. Listen, if you're here this morning and you have any needs, if you need prayer for anything, man, I just want you to know this prayer team is going to be here to pray with you and encourage you and stand with you. King's House, have a great week. Go sign up for a home group, a discipleship class. We will see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. God bless you. Thanks for joining our podcast today. If you're ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you'd like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church forward slash giving. Or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompt sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, we meet each week at 124 V. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your children before arriving on the Sunday of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at our website. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click the subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages. You can even listen to King's House Worship original songs from Spotify, Apple Music, or other streaming services. We look forward to seeing you soon.